Billy Bob? You ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Oh, shoot. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things, dude, before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! <laughs> Radio listener, it's that time of year again. March 1st through 5th, it's time for the 4th Annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. Over 40 comics, 25 shows, 5 days, all here at Mutiny Radio, 2781 21st Street at Florida Street. 25 shows, 5 days, amazing comics from all over the United States here in San Francisco to entertain you with 25 differently themed shows hosted by local San Francisco comedians bringing you comedians from all over the United States here. Everything will be live, live streaming and podcast post. Get your tickets, $10 a show, 25 shows, a million laughs. It's the fourth annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival brought to you by Benders, Counter Offer and Subliminal SF. Because nobody deals with Aretha, a mother with four children, having to hit the road. They always say after she comes home. But nobody ever says what it's like to get on a plane for a three-week tour. The elation of the first couple of audiences. The good feeling of exchange. The running on the high you get from singing good and loud and long, telling the world what's on your mind. Then comes the eighth show on the sixth day. The beginning to smell like that plane or bus. If you forget your toothbrush in one spot, you can't brush until the second show. The strangers pulling at you because they love you. But you having no love to give back, 
They're singing the same songs night after night, day after day. And if you read the gossip columns, the rumors that your husband is only after your fame. They're wondering if your children will be glad to see you, and maybe they're not caring if they are. They're scheming to get out of just one show and go just one place where some dodo dookity dook won't say, just sing one song, please. Nobody mentions how it feels to become a freak because you have talent and how no one gives a damn how you feel but only cares that Aretha Franklin is here. Like maybe that'll stop chickens from frying, eggs from being laid, or crackers from hating. And if you say you're lonely or scared or tired, how they always just say, oh, come off it. Or, did you see how they loved you? Did you see, huh, did you? Which most likely has nothing to do with you anyway. And I'm not saying Aretha shouldn't have talent, and I'm certainly not saying she should quit singing. But as much as I love her, I'd vote yes to her doing four concerts a year and staying home or doing whatever she wants and making records because it's a shame the way we're killing her. We eat up artists like there's going to be a famine at the end of those three minutes when there are, in fact, an abundance of talents just waiting. Let's put some of the giants away for a while and deal with them like they have a life to lead. Aretha doesn't have to relive Billie Holiday's life, doesn't have to relive Donna Washington's death, but who's going to stop the pattern? She's more important than her music if they must be separated, and they should be separated when she has to pass out before anyone recognizes she needs a rest. And I say I need Aretha's music. She's undoubtedly the one person who put everyone on notice. She revived Johnny Ace and remembered Lil Green. Aretha sings I Say a Little Prayer, and Dion doesn't want to hear it anymore. Aretha sings Money Won't Change You, but James Brown can't sing Respect. The advent of Aretha pulled Ray Charles from Marlboro country and back into the blues, made Nancy Wilson try one more time, forced Dion to make a choice. She opted for the movies, and Diana Ross had to get an Afro wig, pushed every black singer into blackness and Negro entertainers into Negroness. You couldn't jive when she said, you make me feel. The Blazers had to reply, gotta let a man be a man. Aretha said, when my show was in the lost and found, you came along to claim it. And Janis Joplin said, maybe. There has been no musician whom her very presence hasn't affected. When Humphrey wanted her to campaign, she said, a woman's only human. And he pressured James Brown. They removed Otis Redding because the combination was too strong. The impressions had to say, Lord have mercy, we're moving on up. The black songs started coming from the singers on stage and the dancers in the streets. Aretha was the riot, was the leader. If she had said, come, let's do it, it would have been done. Temptations say, why don't we think about it, think about it, think about it. Let's suppose that you're writing a... Good morning. It is Labor and Love Radio. That was Nikki Giovanni with her poem to Aretha. Here's Dolly Parton. Happy Working Women's Day. Jump in the shower and the blood starts pumping. Out on the streets, the traffic starts jumping. With folks like me on the job from nine to five. Working nine to five. 
you just a step on the boss man's ladder But you got dreams he'll never take away On the same boat with a lot of your friends Waiting for the day your ship will come in And the tide's gonna turn and it's all gonna roll your way Working nine to five
Good morning, mutineers. This is the B, and this is the Labor and Love radio show. Welcome. And happy Women's Day, or as I was corrected yesterday, happy Working Women's Day. Yes, happy Worky Women's Day. Yesterday I was in uh, Berkeley in a, a store there, and I greeted the woman who was uh, who was um, ringing up my bill. Happy Women's Day. And one of the workers, a guy turned around and said, you mean Happy Working Women's Day? And I said, better, better said, Happy Working Women's Day. This is Labor and Love Radio. Down here at Mutiny Radio, 2781 21st Street. And we're coming at you live from 10 to 12 every Saturday morning. That's what we do. We talk about labor. And when I say labor, I mean you. This is a show where we tell you how it is. If one person gets a dollar they didn't work for, someone else worked for a dollar they didn't get. If you don't have a seat at the table... The negotiating table, that is, where you work, you're on the menu. And never but never let anyone into your heart who's not a friend of labor. When I say labor, I mean you. Labor and Love Radio, where the labor meets the road. One second, please. Okay, I just want to fiddle with some of the controls here at the Mutiny Radio Station. And uh, the big news here is that uh, we've just wound up um, Mutiny Radio's fourth annual underground comedy festival here at Mutiny Radio, housed here. For five days, this became the capital of the West Coast underground comic world, comedy world. Uh, 46 shows, 25 artists, people from all over. I talked to a couple of guys from Portland, Oregon. Uh, Amazing. Just amazing, hopefully. We'll see tomorrow how we did financially, but what a great thing to bring people together to, uh, to make us laugh. To make us laugh. Not easy to do. So we began with... It's Women's Day. We're just going to go down the list. It's going to be all women. We're going to talk about uh, the people who give us life, people who guide us, the people who stand shoulder to shoulder with us in the fight for justice. We started out with Donna Summer. Well, let's see. The last one was Donna Summer. She worked hard for the money, talking about all those invisible people in the hotels, in the restaurants, in all the service areas. For that Dolly Parton 9 to 5 talking about working women, women who are working in the business world, 9 to 5, no matter what they call it, you always end up putting money in his wallet. 
And before that, Nikki Giovanni. We're going to hear some more of Nikki Giovanni um, with her poem for Aretha, talking about the personal life of a big star, of someone who's expected to provide so much help to so many people, uh, getting worn out by it all. Poem for Aretha by Nikki Giovanni. Well, good morning, everybody. Good morning and good work to you. This is The Bee, and we're going to talk today about International Women's Day, where it came from. A holiday uh, started by socialists to celebrate a gathering of working women in New York City right around the time of the uh, Triangle Shirtwaist Fire tragedy murder. Um, I'm going to review four of our labor cards. The labor cards are a set of 31, 30 cards about famous labor leaders, mostly American, North American, in the uh, 20th century. And uh, there's uh, it's balance, women and men, Balanced somewhat in terms of diversity. Uh, great addition to anybody who's, to the uh, library of anyone who's interested in the labor movement. So, Elizabeth Gurley Flynn, Dolores Huerta, Luisa Moreno, and Rose Schneiderman. We'll see about celebrating them. Today, we'll hear Radio Labor as we normally do, review what happened in labor history. I have a side note to talk, because March 6th is the anniversary of the Alamo. (laughs) What about the Alamo? Um, Labor notes about the Oakland striking teachers and their victory. The uh, Oakland School Board turned around and uh, started closing schools. And they're demanding all sorts of concessions after school, okay, at the schools. In addition, you know, and they're saying the reason they have to do it is because they're paying so much money for the teachers. So, setting the kids against the teachers, right? The kids who were underserved in the classrooms, the teachers who stood together with the support of their communities and won the strike. Anyway, there's another movement now in Kentucky. We'll talk about that as well. And the workers in Matamoros, how have they followed up their historic victory? And uh, let's see. Inez Garcia. Anybody remember who Inez Garcia is? And on and on and on. Uh, Let's play something now. The Nine Month Blues. Peggy Seeger. (laughs) 
careful, try to be good. Well, we cared and we cared as much as we could. We always agreed, me and my man. We said someday we'll try the family plan. The first thing we tried was nothing at all. It was an amateur ride and everything's here for. We charted my tides, followed my moon, but then someday came a little too soon. I got the nine month of blues. But he was kind of happy when he heard my news I got the nine month of blues There was him and me and the baby made three But we made up our minds to stay that way With little bitty things made of rubber and such And cause we were friends we decided to go Dutch When we said I do it was a solemn oath So we did and we did and it pleased us both We still can't figure out what went wrong But that's the first line of the nine month song I got the nine Get out the dress and the sensible shoes I got the nine month of blues I said this time around I'm gonna cast my stone I'm gonna have a chance to call my life my own About the SPC, the FPA They said to keep that child, don't fling it away The doctor said he had the right to refuse The law says if you want to beat the noose You gotta be rich or near to your grave So away I went again on my nine month rave I got the nine And that time around, I got a McTwos, I got the nine month of One May morning, I must have forgot. Drop me right back to the nine month slot. I got the nine month blues. Too much to gain, too much to lose. I want my old man be happy when he hears my news. I got the nine month blues. I got kids everywhere, two, three, four, five. I just can't swim without taking the dive. I went for advice, they says to me. They said the next thing to try is to But the small print allows that the loopity loop Has a margin of error, then you're in the soup But your kid'll be normal, so don't you fret Even though you leased it for the nine-month let I got the nine-month blues Too much to gain, too much to lose I better get my old man to disconnect his fuse I got the nine-month blues I love my man I love my kids, but if I have any more, I'm gonna blow my lid. It's not just the 40 weeks on my mind. It's also the washing hanging on my line. It could be the worry on the old man's face. By thinking of the future of the female race. It all began with a love and a laughter, then so much care. 
such a long time after every nine months of blues. Too much to gain, too much to lose. Now, don't you think we ought to have the right to choose to sing the 20 year of blues? I'm not no red football to be kicked around the garden. Christmas tree ball and I'm fragile I'm not no animal though I am to you I'm not no crocodile like the one in Dublin Zoo who lived in a cage the length and breadth body with a window which people would look through and throw coins on his back to taunt him though he couldn't move even if he wanted to I'm not no animal in the zoo I'm not no whipping boy for you you may not treat me like you do I'm not no animal in the zoo my skin is not a football for you my head is not a football for you my body's not a football for you my womb is not a football for you my football for you I'm not no animal in the zoo this animal will jump up and eat you I'm not no animal in the zoo and I've every intention of leaping up and getting you la 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 Estoy pidiendo joyas, ni pieles ni palacios, ni quiero que me alfombren las calles al pasar. Tampoco es que yo exija ni tierra 
más ni riquezas Más que está recibiendo Me gusta regalar Tan solo estoy pidiendo Ojalá comprendiera que estoy desesperada Buscando quien se entregue Como me entrego yo That was the uh, redoubtable Jenny Rivera, sadly taken away from her fans, her many millions of fans, several years ago in an airplane accident. Ni princesa ni esclava. Neither a princess or a slave. Before that, Sinead O'Connor singing about her womb is not a red football. It's not a political issue. Okay? Before that, Peggy Seeger with the nine-month blues, sort of a humorous take on it. But also reflecting the real pain of forced motherhood. The real concerns that has for women, a person who has no control over their own body can only be called a slave. Um, you know, a woman who has no choice in the matter of having a baby by law, isn't that the ultimate, the very, very ultimate of tyranny, oppression. 
This harkens back to slave days where every every time the woman had a baby, that was more money in the in the master's pocket. And of course we hear stories of women who killed their own children because they didn't want them to live under slavery. So the remnant of that slavery now is you got to have the kid. No choice. I'm going to um, put on Radio Labor now, our weekly um, labor, worldwide labor. Then we'll get back to celebrating some more uh, women on International Women's Day Socialist Holiday. Solidarity News on Radio Labor. This is a Radio Labor World Report recorded on Friday, March 8, 2019. I'm Mark Belanger. In the report this week, Labor fights for an international law to ban violence against women at work. A global campaign to win equal pay for work of equal value by 2030. The Labor Start report about union events around the world and singing... This is Radio Labor. International Women's Day, March 8th, is a time to consider how to win equality at work while ending violence against women in the workplace. At the global level this year, this means paying attention to what is going to happen at the Conference of the International Labor Organization in June. The ILO is the UN agency focused on matters of work in the world. At the conference, the three social partners, governments, employers, and unions, will consider the adoption of a convention to end violence against women and men at work. I talked to Chitty King about the ILO conference. Ms. King is the director of the Equality Department of the International Trade Union Confederation. The ITUC is the labor body which represents national union centers such as the Ghana Trade Union Congress at the world level. I began my conversation with Ms. King by asking her, what is an ILO convention? Well, an ILO convention is an international labor law. There are two types of ILO labor law standards, if you like, a convention and a recommendation. The difference between the two is that the convention is binding at national level. So Member states, once they ratify it, have an obligation to actually ensure its implementation. A recommendation is more guidance to member states. So it's, this is what you should do if um, you choose to do it. And the important difference there in terms of a convention is that it does set a, a minimum standard for countries around the world in relation to the particular topic which it addresses. Will the convention be considered at the ILO's conference in Geneva this year? Um, yes, it will. In fact, this will be the second year of what's called a double discussion. So we had the first discussion in 2018, 
where conclusions were adopted at the end of it, and then we will have the final discussion on negotiations in 2019, and hopefully at the end of 2019, we will adopt, the ILO conference as a whole will adopt a convention and recommendation to address violence and harassment in the world of work. Once a convention has been adopted by the ILO conference, does that mean it automatically comes into effect for all of the organization's 187 member states? No, once a convention has been adopted by the conference, there is then um, it is then open to ratification by member states. And ratification is basically a member state agreeing to put the contents of the convention into their national legislation. So once they have ratified it, they then need to adopt national legislation that basically puts the convention into effect. And the convention, in fact, itself will not come into effect legally worldwide until at least two countries have ratified it. So once we do have the convention adopted this summer, trade unions will certainly be engaged in um, trying to ensure that it is as widely ratified as possible. Are there indications that the proposed convention is going to be supported by the governments and employer groups? Well, I think in some ways we wait until we get to Geneva in 2019. But if we look back to 2018, there was certainly majority support from the governments for the adoption of a convention supported by recommendation um, as opposed to a standalone recommendation. And we really hope that that will continue. We are, of course, in constant dialogue with governments trying to see where obstacles may arise um, in relation to the content of a convention and trying to see how best we could work our way around certain concerns that governments may have about the content of a convention. But I think there is a strong desire on the part of many governments to see this through and to ensure that we do end up with a convention supported by a recommendation if there are any particular concerns, again, it will concern, the concern tends to focus on what the content of the convention should be. Why is it important for an ILO convention on violence against women and men at work be adopted? The hashtag MeToo movement and other similar movements actually tell us exactly why this initiative is so important in the world of work. Whilst trade unions had begun um, lobbying and negotiating for this law well before the revelations that came along with hashtag uh, MeToo. I think those revelations have really shown us just how widespread and prevalent sexual harassment in particular, but also casual sexism, gender discrimination and gender-based violence uh, more broadly are in the world of work. And we always say if it took women who were in relative positions um, of power, women in the media industry, women in the entertainment industry, so long to speak up. If they found speaking out so difficult, imagine the situation for a domestic worker working behind closed doors or, you know, a woman working in the supply chains of um, Bangladesh or Cambodia or any other country. While naturally, labor movements in particular countries focus on the rights of their women workers, there are also attempts at improving the situation for women taking place at the world level. See Marie Ainsborough reports. 
A global coalition of labor unions, governments, companies, and civil society groups has been created to close the gender pay gap by 2030. The Equal Pay International Coalition, known by its acronym EPIC, has been created to support the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals on Gender Equality. It is sponsored by the International Trade Union Confederation and the UN's International Labour Organization. Manuela Tome is the director of the Work Quality Department of the ILO. Across the globe, women uh, earn uh, less than men for the same job or similar uh, work, as well as for work of equal value. And this explains also why the gender pay gap in industrialized countries as well as in, in developing countries continues to remain so stubbornly high. This is the reason why um, member states have decided to join forces with a view to um, achieving equal pay for work of equal value by the year 2030, which is indeed a very bold and ambitious goal. It's a matter, of course, of justice, of fairness, and if uh, women's time continues to be uh, valued less than men's time, we'll never achieve gender equality at work, but also in society at large. There are also very, very compelling uh, economic reasons for, for making equal pay and for work of equal value a reality. We know that we need uh, more women to join and remain in the, in the labour market uh, for economies to grow. In the context of rapid ageing of societies, uh, we need to get all uh, underrepresented groups into the labour market. The a second important economic reason is that we know that if we give more money to women today, this will reduce the likelihood that tomorrow they will live in poverty, especially when we are talking of low, women in low-paid jobs. And last but not least, we know that women have different consumption patterns than men and usually they tend to spend more money into the health and education of their children. And therefore, I mean, there are plenty of positive social and economic ramifications that would originate from equal pay for work of equal value. EPIC is, um, is indeed a, an attempt of responding to the very ambitious goals set by the 2030 Agenda in an equally bold manner. Here with his report about union events around the world is Labour Start correspondent Derek Blackadder. Here's a tiny sample of the hundreds of union news stories in 31 languages added to our site each day last week. Our top story section included links to coverage of International Women's Day events around the world, including the huge strike in Spain, calls for an end to reprisals against garment workers in Bangladesh for exercising their right to strike, and renewed teacher strikes in Iran. We had news of strikes and lockouts in dozens of countries. Here are just a few highlights. Australian steel workers ended months of industrial action with a victory in their wage dispute. Wage disputes also had thousands of Icelandic hotel workers in the streets on Friday, and Hungarian tire makers won theirs after a two-hour-long warning strike. Airport workers in Kenya walked off the job to protest the planned transfer of the country's largest airport from the state to a money-losing airline. After union leaders were arrested and denied bail, the Central Organization of Trade Unions threatened a general strike if they were not released. 
The coordinated strikes in the Maquiladora zones along the U.S. border continued as Mexican workers pushed for substantial wage increases. Namibian zinc refinery workers ended a two-week-long wildcat this week after they were assured that racialized pay scales would be corrected. Striking Nigerian court workers had to lock a state chief justice into his office in order to get him to discuss their wage proposal with their bargaining committee. In Ghana, striking mortuary workers caused a funerals backlog. And at a major port in Brazil, the employer used shipping containers to build a wall around the facility after striking dockers stormed ships being loaded by scabs. Our top working women's stories included coverage of the call by the Australian Council of Trade Unions and over 100 allied organizations for urgent action to end workplace sexual harassment, union condemnation of the arrest and torture of the woman leading a Colombian union, and of course preparations for thousands of international Women's Day events around the world. The free health and safety newswire we offer in cooperation with Hazards Magazine carried stories to hundreds of union websites around the world about the work stoppage at a Canadian jail after an assault on guards, how the so-called gig economy is eroding worker safety, and dozens of stories about the struggles of women workers for safer workplaces everywhere. Currently, Leverstart is running six online actions. Take just a few seconds out of your day and join thousands of trade unions around the world in helping workers make their lives better or even help save those lives. This is Derek Blackheader from Labor Start reporting for Radio Labor. Now here is Union Nation with A Woman's Place.
And that's it. International labor news you can use. You can find our feature stories and daily newscasts at www.radiolabor.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Labor. I'm Mark Belanger. Thank you for listening. And remember, it's all about global solidarity. And that was <clears throat> that was Radio Labor with labor stories from all over the world. Remember, you're never alone except when you don't stand up. And if you don't stand up, they'll count you for not standing up, for sitting down. So there's no middle ground. You got to serve somebody. Uh, yeah. Okay. That was uh, the Radio Labor World Report. Let's talk about some things here. Um, International Women's Day. Where did it come from? This is from Portside, and this gives as good a history as uh, any of the origins of the holiday. International Women's Day, it goes, has its roots in socialist feminism. In theory, International Women's Day, celebrated every year March 8th, is an event to commemorate the contributions of women around the world and advance the conversation surrounding a wide range of issues related to gender inequity, such as the pay gap, racial and sexual violence, and labor rights, rights over your own body. But in practice, it's mainly become a way for brands to sell you their shit. It's gotten so much traction. It has its roots in the anti-capitalist U.S. socialist movement. According to historian Sharon Smith, International Women's Day was inspired by the success of a three-month-long ladies' garment workers' strike in 1909, which came to be known as the Uprising of 20,000, which was called for by a 23-year-old woman named Clara Lemlich. Okay. Also Emma Goldman, also Rose Schneiderman. At the time, union official leadership was almost entirely made up of men, but these women workers took charge of their own strike, Smith told Teen Vogue. After almost three months of protest, the workers won modest gains, including a 52-hour, get that, that's one of the victories, a 52-hour work week. The success of the effort was particularly notable because the movement was primarily led by a group of women with very little economic capital, Jewish immigrant women. The triumph of the ladies' garment union workers led to socialists all over the country organizing women's days, marches all over the country in that following year, March 1910. So, 
International Women's Day is celebrating a victory by women garment workers. Some of the things that were, uh, many of the garment companies in New York signed on to that agreement, providing basic, but only very basic, rights to workers. 52-hour day? Come on. That's six full days, six and a half full days a week. At any rate, some of the factories did not conform, did not sign on to the uh, agreement. And one of those was the Triangle Shirtwaist Factory, where a couple years later, there was a horrific uh, fire. Women locked in the building, unable to get out because their bosses and managers didn't want them wasting time taking breaks. So there's this horrific fire and it catches fire. So let's honor those triangle shirtwaist women. International Women's Day, that's where it comes from. Here's a story about a woman in, who lived on the border and a Mexican woman who stood strong in the face of authority. This is a video from about Jovita Ivar. In 1914, Texas Rangers rushed through the streets of Laredo, ready to destroy the paper that Jovita Rivar worked for. She wrote fearlessly about Texas Rangers killing Mexicans, almost as a matter of course, lynching them. A teacher turned journalist, turned active nurse, Jovita is one of the significant Texans that you've never heard of. She was born in Laredo, a frustrated teacher, her mother. She couldn't believe the living conditions her students lived in. <clears throat> she became a journalist when few women did that at the time. She wrote for newspapers under pseudonyms, Under a given name, she wrote about the many injustices Tejanos endured at the hands of the whites, from lynchings to poverty and segregation. Jovita Ivar was a journalist on the border at a time when the Texas Rangers were pretty much a terrorist organization. She saw the need for better education, free and bilingual, conclusive. She wrote, We do not mean at all that children should not be taught the language of the land they believe in. They ought not to disregard their language because it is the official stamp of them as people. Her ideas were radical given that this was Texas. It was only a matter of time before her writing landed her in trouble. Texas Rangers came for her. 
When Wilson sent troops to the Mexican border, she stood up successfully against the rangers. Although they returned later that night to destroy the printing press, her action was seen as a victory. She stood up to them. She continued to fight for her community and helped organize the first Latino political convention, which provided free clothes, food, and education to children. Avita Ivar. During the height of the Mexican Revolution, she crossed the border to nurse wounded soldiers. She settled down in San Antonio, where she made a free kindergarten. Avita Ivar was truly ahead of her time. The things she fought for a century ago, we're still fighting for now. As relevant as she remained, it's hard to believe she's not more well-known. First Texas study, Chicano studies course in Texas was passed this year. Share the story of Jovita Ivar. Okay, let's, let's get off some music here. And um, we're on the women's work list. Oh, I know I was going to play some uh, Emmy Lou Harris. Uh, playlists. Give me a minute, please. something sweet now it ain't the melody and it ain't the music there's something else that makes this tune complete yes it don't mean a thing if it ain't got that swing Little Louis Armstrong there. <clears throat> we just finished talking about International Women's Day. Let's talk a little bit about the teachers in Kentucky. 
Radio Labor, we already heard. Teacher actions return to Kentucky. This is from the socialist worker. Eight counties in Kentucky, including the two largest school districts, were shut down on February 28th as hundreds of teachers called in sick and traveled to the state capital of Frankfurt to protest the latest efforts by the Republican-controlled state government to undermine teacher pensions. Plus, this past Wednesday and Thursday, hundreds of teachers in Jefferson County, home of Louisville, continued to protest in the Capitol, forced Jefferson County Public Schools to close. The one-day sick out on February 28th came together with only hours of planning the night before in reaction to House Bill 525, an attempt to restructure the board that oversees teacher pensions in Kentucky. HB 525 would significantly reduce the number of seats controlled by the Kentucky Education Association. Kentucky legislators and right-wing Governor Matt Bevan also want to pass HB 205, which would give tax credits for private school scholarships and shift power in Louisville area schools to the Jefferson County Superintendent. Public are also attempting to massively change the pension. Trying to get those changes into a waste management bill in that in that sneaky way that legislators do. Teachers teach for the kids, said Joanna McLemore, a first-year physical education and health teacher. She says she's never been a political person, but she says teachers teach for the kids. Money's not the motivating factor, but you need to make a living wage. While the Battle of Kentucky in 2018 was not as prolonged or militant as some other states, last week's sick out shows that Kentucky teachers understand the ongoing attacks need to be met with militancy. And again, let's point to this. I mean, you're not going to... Most people are not going to revolt or step out of the carefully constructed societal limits unless they're being injured. Someone's messing with your pension. Oh, all of a sudden you're interested in politics. More on that in a minute. The KY120 United released a statement affirming that they are strike ready. The legislature is attempting to provide scholarship tax credits for private schools, thus reducing public monies available to public schools. Attempts to create a funding mechanism for charter schools, thus reducing public monies available to community public schools. Attempts to 
to reduce defined benefit pension benefits to public employees. Defined benefits, that means at the end of your working life, when you collect your pension, you're told up front all along you're going to know how much money you're going to be making given a certain formula. So without fail, you'll be paid that amount. In opposition to that are defined contribution plans. That means the amount of money that you put in is the same every month. 200 bucks a month but or 500 or whatever it is but you're never told how much it's going to be it could change it fluctuates often it fluctuates with the stock market think where you'd be think where you were at at 2008 if you had a big fat divine <coughs> defined contribution pension Attempts to remove new future school employees from the inviolable contract. They would like to turn the new hires into contract workers without having to pay them um, benefits or significant benefits. This set of ultimation, ultimatums is on a collision course with legislation slated to be taken up by the General Assembly this session. Okay, let me point out something else. When the Janus decision was passed, greatly weakening the influence of unions in the workplace, people, several people, or it was one of the arguments against that was that if you had a bargaining agent, one bargaining agent to deal with, that would really undermine the whole idea of a strike, of work stoppages. As it is now, these are wildcat strikes. These are people without a union, much of a union structure. In places like Kentucky, Oklahoma, the Carolinas. This is, this is unprecedented. California, Colorado. Teachers are all over it because for so long budgets have been passed on their backs. Everyone else gets a raise but them, huh? Okay, so let's watch this. Teacher actions in Kentucky. The home state of Mitch McConnell, the richest man in the poorest state in America. Talked about Nikki Giovanni, okay, earlier. Played one of her poems, a poem for Aretha. I also want to play some more of her poems, but there's a little clip here where she's talking about Muhammad Ali and Malcolm X and their influence. Welcome to the Rock Newman. Um, This is the Rock Newman Show. Gentleman born in Louisville, Kentucky, had the name Cassius Clay. 
This is the legend of Cassius Clay, the most beautiful fighter of the world today. He talks a great deal and brags indeedy of a muscular punch that's incredibly speedy. The fistic world was dull and weary with a champ like listen, things had to be dreary. Then someone with color, someone with dash, brought fight fans of running with cash. The brass young boxer is something to see, and the heavyweight championship is his destiny. The kid fights great, he's got speed and endurance. If you sign to fight him, you better raise your insurance. Oh, rumble, young man, rumble. Talk to me, please, about Muhammad Ali. Oh, God. Again, he's my friend. And people forget, or whatever it is we do with history, but when they, did, when they took his championship, his, his, yeah. his, his belt from him, yeah. he had to earn a living. Yeah. And what he decided to do, because he spoke, you know, and, mm -hmm. and uh, Richard Fulton was, was his agent at that point. Yeah. And so Richard said to me, would you like to go on tour with Ali? And I said, are you kidding? And of course. So Ali, though, at that point didn't fly. So he would take the bus, mm -hmm. and we would go to Columbus or Cleveland. You know, we were, and I would meet him. Right? Yeah. His wife, both of his wives, liked me because they always felt he was safe with me. <laughs> because, you know, he was a bit of a. He was. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so they were always like, "You're looking out for him, aren't you, Nick?" Yeah. And I'm like, "Yeah, I'm looking out for him." Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. But but we toured together. I look at Ali every day because one of my favorite photos is in, in, in my bedroom. It sits like it's stacked. Mm -hmm. There's a photo and I was 27 or 28 so you know what we both look I mean we were beautiful yeah and yes that's true and I, I look at it every day because he was showing me something mm -hmm. and it's just a, it's a, a, a photo that that actually someone sent to me so I have, I've only had it now for like three years but it's so wonderful because I see Ali every day he's such a great man he's yes. such a great man yes. and uh Traveling with him was a lot of fun. So I was a little disappointed in um, uh, one of the books, um, what's his name's book, because it was like he just wiped me out. That whole period didn't exist. You know, he ended yeah. up doing the Great White um, yeah. Hope yeah. in New York and stuff. But you have to, the poetry is what got him yes. be between. Yeah. It was the poetry. Yeah. And again, you know, we, we were talking about... Uh, um, uh, hip hop, and we're talking, but see, all of that. Ali was a big, big, big influence yeah. on all of that yeah. and on what you can do. And, and they just want to kind of take Ali out of it, yeah. and you can't. Yeah. You have to come back to one, yeah. he, he's a stand up guy. Yeah. And he was, I mean, we were all, everybody, and to say in love is not, you know, yeah. but we were all in love with him. Yeah. And of course, Toni Morrison, speaking of Tony, yeah. Tony was just like, oh my God, you yeah. know, she's the one that did that. And she was like, oh, have you seen him? Have you seen him? Because he's a beautiful man. Yeah. And it was just, uh, and, and of course he's a great storyteller. So it was really fun. Yeah. And, and you know, we'd all talk about it. He's wonderful. whatever extent I've had any successes, it is in part breathing his spirit. I am she making rainbows and coffee cups, watching fish jump after midnight in my dreams. On the stove, left front burner is the stew already chewed, certain to burn as I dream of waves of nothingness. Floating to shore, riding a low moon on a slow cloud, I am she who writes the poems. Childhood remembrances are always a drag if you're black. You always remember things, like living in Woodlawn with no inside toilet. And if you become famous or something, they never talk about how happy you were to have your mother all to yourself, and how good the water felt when you got your bath from one of those big tubs. 
that folk in Chicago barbecue in, and somehow, when you talk about home, it never gets across how much you understood their feelings as the whole family attended meetings about Hollydale. And even though you remember, your biographers never understand your father's pain as he sells his stock and another dream goes. And though you're poor, it isn't poverty that concerns you. And though they fought a lot, it isn't your father's drinking that makes any difference, but only that everybody is together, and you and your sister have happy birthdays and very good Christmases. And I really hope no white person ever has cause to write about me, because they never understand black love is black wealth. And they'll probably talk about my hard childhood and never understand that all the while I was quite happy. This is a love poem, and I think it's really nice. Poets should always write love poems. I only want to be there to kiss you, as you want to be kissed when you need to be kissed, where I want to kiss you because it's my house, and I plan to live in it. I really need to hug you when I want to hug you, as you like to hug me. Does this sound like a silly poem? I mean, it's my house, and I want to fry pork chops and bake sweet potatoes and call them yams, because I run the kitchen, and I can stand the heat. I spent all winter in carpet stores gathering patches so I can make a quilt. Does this really sound like a silly poem? I mean, I want to keep you warm. And my windows might be dirty, but it's my house. And if I can't see out sometimes, they can't see in either. English isn't a good language to express emotion through. Mostly, I imagine, because people try to speak English instead of trying to speak through it, I don't know. Maybe this is a silly poem. I'm saying it's my house, and I'll make fudge and call it love, and touch my lips to the chocolate warmth, and smile at old men and call that revolution, cause what's real is really real. And I still like men in tight pants, cause everybody has something to give, and more important needs something to take. And this is my house, and you make me happy, so this is your poem. Three poems and some commentary there by uh, Nikki Giovanni. Who gained uh, initial fame in the 60s, one of the foremost leaders of the black arts movement, civil rights movement, black power movement. Her early work provides a strong militant African-American perspective leading one writer to dub her the poet of the Black Revolution. She was born in Knoxville, Tennessee, and they moved to Cincinnati when she was very young. Uh, the family moved to Wyoming in 1948. Um, when she was five years old, Uh, she moved to Knoxville to live with her grandparents and attend high school. Went to Fisk University in Nashville. Immediately clashed with the Dean of Women and was expelled after neglecting to obtain the required permission from the Dean to leave campus and travel home for the Thanksgiving break. Amazing. Giovanni moved back to Knoxville when she worked at a Walgreens drugstore and helped care for her nephew, Christopher. 1964, she spoke with the new dean of women at Fisk, who urged her to return to Fisk, where she edited a student journal, reinstated the campus chapter of SNCC, 
and publish an essay in Negro's Garden on gender questions. On and on and on. Nikki Giovanni. A very strong voice for liberation. I'm still waiting to... uh, Emmy Lou Harris, talking about a lonely woman, far from home, but she's got a couple bottles of wine left. in darkness, then the substanceless blue pour of tor and distances, God's lioness, how one we grow, pivot of heels and knees, 
the furrow splits and passes, sister to the brown arc of the neck I cannot catch, nigger eye berries casting dark hooks, black sweet blood mouthfuls, shadows, something else hauls me through air, thighs, hair, flakes from my heels, white godiva iron peel, dead hands, dead stringencies, and now I foam to wheat, a glitter of seas, the child's cry melts in the wall, and I am the arrow, the dew that flies, suicidal at one with the drive, into the red eye, the cauldron of morning. Ariel. Stasis in darkness, then the substance daddy. You do not do, you do not do, any more black shoe in which I have lived like a foot for thirty years, poor and white, barely daring to breathe or hurt you. Daddy, I have had to kill you. You died before I had time, marble heavy, a bag full of God, ghastly statue with one gray toe big as a Frisco seal, and a head in the freakish Atlantic where it pours bean green over blue in the waters off beautiful Nosset. I used to pray to recover you, ach du, in the German tongue in the Polish town, scraped flat by the roller of wars, wars, wars. But the name of the town is common. My Polak friend says there are a dozen or two. So I never could tell where you put your foot, your root, I never could talk to you. The tongue stuck in my jaw. It's stuck in a barbed wire snare. Eek, 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 eek. I could hardly speak. I thought every German was you. And the language obscene, an engine, an engine, chuffing me off like a Jew. A Jew to Dachau, Auschwitz, Belsen. I began to talk like a Jew. I think I may well be a Jew. The snows of the Tyrol, the clear beer of Vienna, are not very pure or true. With my gypsy ancestress and my weird luck and my tarok pack and my tarok pack, I may be a bit of a Jew. I have always been scared of you with your Luftwaffe, your gobbledygoo, and your neat moustache and your Aryan eye, bright blue. Panzerman. Panzerman, oh you, not God but a swastika, so black no sky could squeak through. Every woman adores a fascist, the boot in the face, the brute, brute heart of a brute like you. You stand at the blackboard, Daddy, in the picture I have of you, a cleft in your chin instead of your foot. But no less a devil for that, no not any less the black man who bit my pretty red heart in two. I was ten when they buried you. At twenty I tried to die and get back, back, back to you. I thought even the bones would do. But they pulled me out of the sack and they stuck me together with glue. And then I knew what to do. I made a model of you, a man in black with a Mein Kampf look and a love of the rack and the screw, and I said, I do, I do. So, Daddy, I'm finally through. 
The black telephones off at the root, the voices just can't worm through. If I've killed one man, I've killed two. The vampire who said he was you and drank my blood for a year. Seven years, if you want to know. Daddy, you can lie back now. There's a stake in your fat black heart and the villagers never liked you. They are dancing and stamping on you. They always knew it was you. Daddy, daddy, you bastard, I'm through. Qué lejos estoy del suelo donde he nacido Inmensa nostalgia invade mi pensamiento Y al verme tan sola y triste cual hoja al viento Quisiera llorar, quisiera morir de sentimiento Nakajika yori Kakuri Kuashatindo Nihakunteiniri Handao Yomaturi Nuhandi Sotachi Kuniri Dairi Kuniri Kuri Hatuninakani Niri O Tierra del Sal Suspiro por verte Ahora que lejos Yo vivo sin luz, sin amor Y al verme tan sola y triste Cual hoja al viento Quisiera llorar Quisiera morir de sentimiento Sagt mir, wo die Blumen sind. 
Mädchen flüchten sie geschwind. Wann wird man je verstehen? Wann wird man je verstehen? Sagt mir, wo die Mädchen sind. Sagt mir, wo die Mädchen sind, wenn in allen sie geschwind, wann wird man je verstehen, wann wird man je verstehen. Was ist geschehen? Sagt, wo die Soldaten sind. Über Gräber weht der Wind. Wann wird man je verstehen? Wann wird man je verstehen? Sagt mir, wo die Gräber sind. Was ist geschehen? Sagt mir, wo die Gräber sind. Blumen blühen im Sommerwind. Wann wird man je verstehen? Wann wird man je verstehen? Und sagt mir, wo die Blumen sind. Wo sind sie geblieben? Sagt mir, wo die Blumen sind, was ist geschehen? Sagt mir, wo die Blumen sind, Mädchen flüchten sie geschwind. Wann wird man je verstehen? Wann wird man je
Let's, let's read that again. You're just not that into politics. Your boss is, your landlord is, your insurance company is, and every day they use their political power to keep your pay low, raise your rent, and deny you coverage. It's time to get into politics. So you're not that, just not that into politics. The other one is about immigrants coming here to work. It's uh, crazy the way we get divided uh, and the negative feelings we hold for one another when we're all workers, somos todos trabajadores. Can I tell you a secret? This one is called. I don't even care if there are undocumented immigrants in this country. Without social security numbers, they aren't privy to the welfare people claim they get. The vast majority of them are normal people trying to live a better life. This is what we always were so proud of in America and the little public school classrooms. So proud. People come from all over to be Americans. They're normal people trying to live a better life. The Statue of Liberty proclaims that. This whole wall, deport the illegals, bullshit, bullshit, is just the 1% convincing the working poor, that's you and me, to blame a subset of the working poor for the fact that they're all poor. Instead of realizing that the reason they're all poor is due to vast income inequality and resource price inflation in combination with wage stagnation. Please Use your brains. The existence of another poor person is not why you're poor. It's because the people who control everything refuse to increase your wages. Hear, hear. Wake up, America. <laughs> This day in working class history, I wanted to talk, I mentioned the Alamo at the beginning, and this is a poem in progress. I visited San Antonio a few years ago. My wife and I went to visit her brother in San Antonio, and we went to the Alamo. And at first, uh, first my wife refused to go in. And uh, I said, well, come on, it's, it's, a, it's a, uh, a monument to something. The struggle for slavery, right? The struggle to keep slaves, the struggle to take land from one country and, and pass it to another. And it was true all over the outside where you go in. There were people just sitting there. And my wife took the occasion to talk to some of them. These are Chicano people, Tejanos, with families. 
and they won't go into the Alamo. What's that about? Think about it, America. They won't go into the Alamo. On this day, March 9th, 1916, Pancho Villa, a leader in the Mexican Revolution, an ally of Emiliano Zapata, led a raid on Columbus, New Mexico. In particular, the revolutionaries were opposing U.S. support for Venustiano Carranza, who opposed land distribution. Carranza had by that time kind of taken over the reins of the revolution. He was a representative of landowners, probably more moderate than some. But Villa and Zapata recognized him for what he was. He was an opportunist who was going to who was not going to change the power structure in Mexico. On this day, March 8th, 1926, the predominantly female members of a foreign leather workers union in New York went on strike and were beaten by police. However, they were undeterred and remained out until they won a 10% pay increase and a five-day working week. March 8th, 1782 massacre in Ohio where American forces in the Revolutionary War massacred 96 Christian Lenape Native Americans. They had been moved by their British allies to a village that was supposed to be safe called Captive Town. Some of them returned to their old village to collect food and crops. They had been forced to abandon until one day a unit of Pennsylvania militia rode in. The massacre began. March 8th, 1918, women in Austria celebrated International Women's Day for the first time as thousands took to the streets protesting against World War One. On this day, March 7th, 1942, Lucy Parsons, anarchist, co-founder of the revolutionary IWW Union and lifetime advocate for working people, the homeless, women, and African Americans, died in a house fire. As dangerous to the authorities in death as in life, the police confiscated all her papers and books she was the widow, also the widow of Haymarket martyr Albert Parsons. Okay, well, happy International Women's Day to you. Celebrate the women in your life, the people who gave us life, the people who guide us, the people who stand shoulder to shoulder with us, in the struggle for social justice. Hazel Dickens with Joe Hill's song about the rebel girl.
Okay, that was uh, Hazel Dickens from West Virginia singing about the Rebel Girl. That's Joe Hill's song in honor of Elizabeth Gurley Flynn, longtime IWW organizer and militant. This is the B, and it's about time to get out of here. Please remember, if one person gets a dollar they didn't work for, someone else worked for a dollar they didn't get. If you don't have a seat at the table where you work, a negotiating table that is, you're on the menu. Never but never let anyone into your heart who is not a friend of labor. And when I say labor, I mean you. This is Labor and Love Radio, where the labor meets the road. Stay tuned. After our breaker here, we're going to get over to Flat Black Plastic with your host, Scott O. Scott Walker. of swimming through a sea of podcasts. Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Asiento. Asiento. Take a seat at Asiento on 21st and Bryant. Meet friends for a drink, have delicious tapas, and a relaxed community atmosphere. Asiento, honestly, is a wonderful place. They have incredible bartenders and board games all over the walls. Trivia on Mondays, Taco Tuesdays, First Wednesday, live jazz. Live DJs Thursday. Parties. The food is darn good. Special happy hour prices all night long with your Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival ticket March 1st through 5th. Check out the schedule at www.asientosf.com. Come take a seat. I had a date there and it did not go well. But it wasn't the fault of the place. They're very nice. Asiento.
a burger? Mutiny Radio thinks you'll find the best burger in San Francisco at Counter Offer, located inside Bender's Bar and Grill. Counter Offer's menu aims to please your drunk face. Tater tots are served daily. On Tuesday nights, Counter Offer serves specials off the Taco Bell menu, only better. You can enjoy your favorite Taco Bell item without the guilt. Counter Offer uses only fresh ingredients and never store-bought shit. Special ingredients are made from scratch daily, including beans, ketchup, mustard, habanero sauce, and ranch dressing. Counter Offer even serves vegan mac and cheese. All of this great food is served 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. daily and until 11 p.m. on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Counter Offer is located inside Bender's Bar and Grill at 806 South Van S. Be sure to tell them Mutiny sent you. Counter Offer, baby. Everybody should listen to Mutiny Radio at mutinyradio.fm. It's a great place to listen to crazy things. Subliminal SF visual and auditory mind control brings you the best, coolest t-shirt and hoodie designs and mind-bending local bands and shows at venues all over San Francisco and the Bay Area. Subliminal SF is here to destroy your sense of normalcy and plant ideas in your skull to make you cooler and a more awesome person. Check out all the badass products at subliminalsf.myshopify.com. That's subliminalsf.myshopify.com. And experience Subliminal SF. Welcome, Bender's Bar and Grill, located at 806 South Van Ness in the Mission District of San Francisco. Your favorite bar with awesome bartenders, rotating local art, and a killer back patio. It's a great place to hang out and play one of their two pool tables or old school pinball machine with a tasty adult beverage. Live music every Saturday for only $5, Bender's brings you face-melting metal and rock and roll. The last Friday of the month, Punk Rock and Schlock delivers super fun karaoke with Aileen. Come on, what's not to like? They even have counter-offer inside, frying up the tots with sexy hot burgers for your face. Open every day at 2 p.m. Their happy hour goes till 7 p.m. Bender's is proud to be a sponsor of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival, because they're an awesome community asset to the dirtbags who keep art alive in the mission. Bender's Bar and Grill. Hi, welcome to My Limited View. I am your host, Sergio Novoa. And I'm your co-host, Vanessa Wilkins. Join us every Tuesday from 12 to 2 at mutinyradio.fm as we share stories, our personal stories. And struggles and challenges. And we'll also have guests come in and share their stories. And hopefully through all this, we can expand our view. Or your view. Yes, and there'll be plenty of dick jokes, so don't worry. It's not always going to be heavy. Yeah, I might even share black hair tips. Black hair tips. Don't know anything about it. Sorry. (laughs) All on my limited view. Yes, every Tuesday from 12 to 2. Oh, you can also find us on Apple Podcasts. Oh, yeah, and Google Play. And Stitcher. iTunes. Oh, you already said that. TuneIn Radio. Uh, Stitcher, you said that. Spotify. Oh, my God, there's just so many. And Overcast. Um, yes, you can also find us on social media, M as in Mary, L as in Larry, P as in Peter, podcast, MOV podcast is our handle. 
Until next time, I hope you're enjoying your view. Yes. Bye. Bye. That kind of sucked balls. Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for near five dollars every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because five dollars, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere five dollars is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere. Like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So then all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse. Or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. (laughs) Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead peasants? Oh, shoot. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things to you before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dag nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! <laughs> Mutiny Radio listener, it's that time of year again. March 1st through 5th, it's time for the 4th Annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. Over 40 comics, 25 shows, 5 days, all here at Mutiny Radio, 2781 21st Street at Florida Street. 25 shows, 5 days, amazing comics from all over the United States here in San Francisco to entertain you with 25 differently themed shows hosted by local San Francisco comedians bringing you comedians from all over the United States here. Everything will be live, live streaming, and podcast.